Hey, what up, fanboys, fangirls, otakus? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop. It's the podcast on all things pop culture. I'm your illustrious host, the franchise. And before we get with my brother Biko, uh, I just want to read a few things before we get this episode kick off. I want you to know we want to thank our sponsor, Anchor, for sponsoring this podcast. Pretty much, Anchor is the easiest way to start a podcast. Go to anchor.fm to get more details. Also, we want to let you know we revamp our Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash talkpop, we have three tiers. For the $2 a month package, which can be known as the Talk Pop Helper Package, you get a topic. Not only your topic, but you also get a credit name for the podcast itself, so you'll be credited on the air. If you go with the $8 tier for $8 a month, you can be known as the Talk Pop Assistant tier, which gives you access to our bonus episodes. Those bonus episodes will be Patreon exclusive. It could be movie commentaries on the various films that me and Biko enjoy. We'll do an actual commentary for those Patreon exclusive perks. Um, you also get a $5 off merch. You get a promo code that does not expire, guys. If you subscribe to $8 a month, you get a promo code you can use at our merch store, which is at teespring.com slash store slash talking pop. And you go to the VIP Top Pop Associate tier, which is at $10 a month. Not only that, um, you get access to the bonus episodes, your topic as well. And guess what? If you got a relative that you don't have time to do that special green, guess what? Me and Biko will do an actual cameo. Kind of like cameo, pretty much. So just, you know, give us your relative or friend's name and you'll get a personalized greeting. It can be birthdays, graduations, whatever. Me and Biko will gladly do a cameo for you guys if you subscribe to the $10 VIP package. And don't forget, um, you can also, like I said, check out our merch store at teespring.com slash store slash talking pop. We got t-shirts, we got hoodies, we got tank tops, especially for the summer right now. It's fucking warm right now. Um, we got hoodies, so make sure you want to stock up before fall. If you want to drink up a cup of joe, we got coffee mugs as well. If you want to decorate your tablet or your laptop or even your locker, eventually if schools are opening up again, we have decals. We'll try to add more merch on the way. I'm thinking of doing new designs. But right now you can get the basic logo with the Popstarnot logo on there. So definitely go to teespoon.stores slash talking-pop for more. You can also check out our Twitter at poptalking. You can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash talkingpop. You usually push links to the podcast episodes on there as well. If you have any questions for myself or Biko, you can chat us on there as well. So that's what you do. Let's get Biko right in here. Biko, you're on the air. Okay. Uh, for today's topic, you know, it's been crazy week. I'm like, I'm getting better. <laughs> Just say I'm waiting to go back to work and my day job. Of course, you know, like now with COVID right now, it's, you know, I got to go through a lot of hoops right now. So it's trying to keep myself sane right now. And of course, um, we just had Comic-Con at home last weekend, of course. Um, been going through those like panels they had on their YouTube channel and stuff. And um, pretty much uh, the one I just saw, I saw like the Bill and Ted Face the Music panel. That was kind of cool that Keanu asked with Turkestan did the moderation for that one as well. There's different ones. So they... You know, it was the first for, you know, basically what, right now at this time, a lot of conventions are doing digital route right now. And the one thing I do want to say, I'm sorry I had to bash this company, but I have to bring it out to light out there because um, the whole joy of going to conventions is to get that exclusive merch. You know, this year, you know, they decide, you know what, we're going to, 
pretty much have the panels at home. We'll have this, like, Sassy's Comic-Con International had a link to all the vendors and stuff. That's kind of cool. So they were able to give the vendors links and so the vendors could sell, like, exclusive merch. And those vendors made it easy to order stuff. But I have to say, should I say that NECA because I would say they kind of dropped the ball. Because, you know, they, the one thing that I wanted to get, that I couldn't get after almost two hours of refreshing, refreshing, trying to click that button, refresh again, was the TMT Musical Munition Tour, which honestly was coming out of your shelves tour if you're a kid that grew up in the early 90s. I myself and Biko, of course, Biko was born a year after I started doing that tour because I think the tour came out in 90. Um, I was like five years old. But NECA decided to do like these turtles. They did the coming out of shell like turtles and they had like the accessories and everything. That was kind of cool because it's hard to get those fucking figures, dude. And, you know, I was excited, you know, they said, oh, we're going to have the sale. Like I was on their fit, the NECA Facebook page and I was on there, you know, they said, oh, we're going to have the sale. They're gonna do it. But it sucks is they were doing it. They're store for international customers. So what it says it for us in the U.S., you have to go on the Target website. I'm not knocking Target because I don't know. NECA tried to throw the shade at Target for messing up, but it was more on their end because what they should have done was as soon as, you know, supposedly it was supposed to go live at 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock for us if we live in the central region, that supposedly they gave us the links because what they're going to do was they're going to have the turtle, the turtle was like 130 bucks, but for an extra 25, like an extra $20, you get like, they were doing like a session pack where you get like this t-shirt, the lanyard, like a souvenir ticket, um, tote bag, guitar picks. It was going to be cool. It was like bundling with the figure pack. And, you know, they had the links on their Facebook page. You know, I was on there and they had the links for the different shirt sizes for the bundles. So I go on there and pretty much, you know, I click on there, sold out. I'm like, okay, maybe because it's not live yet. But I looked at my clock, my watch, my phone, it said 402. I'm like, okay. That's strange. The sale was supposed to go live at 3 o'clock. It was 3 o'clock. I'm sorry, guys. It was 3 o'clock, right? So I'm on there. Click refresh again. Nothing. Click refresh again. Nothing. Five minutes later. Click refresh. Nothing. I was all ready to go. Then I went, jumped back. I had Facebook on a different app. I was going through the browser. A lot of people were blasting NECA. A lot of them. Not just me. A lot of people were frustrated because they had the same issues I had. It kept saying sold out, so a lot of people couldn't place the pre-orders. Because they were going to ship around like, like sometime next month. And then people started blasting. That guy you know, trying to play Peacemaker and say, oh, it's going to take a few minutes. It takes a while because we're the algorithm and everything. I'm like, bull. Well, that was, you had so much traffic. You were having issues. You couldn't deliver. And I'll give props to people that were lucky enough to get those turtles. And it sucked because, you know, it's one of the things, you know, I missed out getting the movie figures around the movie figures are 150 bucks. I'm not going to pay a lot for one figure. So I missed out on that. You know, I thought this was my opportunity to get like turtles because I remember growing up as a kid, I had a big ass turtle collection. I was into turtle mania. I'm still am. I'm still a turtles fan. You know, I, you know, we went to a bookstore like the other day and I ended up getting a copy of a, I was lucky I went to this half price book. So it was really cool. And I ended up finding the first volume with the IDW Teenage Mutant Turtles, which makes it like a reboot. And I loved it. But I'm still a turtle fan at heart. You know, I enjoyed the movies, the cartoons, the 80s cartoon, and I thought, you know, this was my opportunity. Since, you know, us and many others were lucky enough to go to Comic-Con this year, due to, you know, what's going on with the lockdown, I thought, you know, this was my thing was, I'm going to save up money and get this turtle set. 
And after two hours of refreshing and hitting the button, the, the refresh button, and going to check out the Facebook page, I got nowhere. I missed out. So I have to say congratulations to the lucky few that were able to get the turtles. I was disappointed. I got pissed off. Didn't want to break my phone. I just got it. <laughs> so I decided, that's it. I'm done. You know? Nico, you make good figures, but next time, don't make it a store exclusive. Give it an option. If we're having issues at the main site, have a, give us an option to buy from your store. I understand you did it for international customers to so not flood the server and stuff. But honestly, you could have done a better job. You could have done a better job. I'm sorry, Neca. You could have done a better job with this. You know, not many people were lucky to go to Comic-Con. Even when Comic-Con was like, you can actually go there. It's hard to get into this to that show. But at the same time, you're going to offer something like this. You could have done better preparation. I'm not blasting Target. This is straight on you guys. And I'm not knocking Neca. They deliver quality products and figurines. But I wish they could have handled this a little bit better. Because after two hours of refreshing and everything, it just, I got tired. I didn't want to keep waiting. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. My question from a product from the, the main sellers is just not, not good business. No, because it was like one of the franchises, you know, that it's up there. They have that license. They're lucky they got that license. You know, Nick Lloyd having that brand and, you know, giving it to NECA to do it. I mean... I kind of hate, like, most of the targets here don't have those turtle figures. Not even the cartoon ones, because I don't know why. But you see, I see, I follow the turtles, the TMT subreddit. It's like seeing people getting the surfers. I'm like, I wish I had the luxury of getting those. But it's like, it's hard. But it's like, you know, this was something, you know, my first shot at getting these figures, because I would I would have been happy to get them. I would have even took them out of the box and, and posed them and everything. But no, I never got that opportunity because I would have posed them and once we did the video podcast, I would have had them set up in the background or something. That would have kind of cool. But those figures, are not, I mean, they're not to play with, but they're like to like step poses, take pictures of their life. People took pictures of their figures. That's kind of cool. But just, you know, I never had a... Because, yeah, I got Pop Dolls and Funko Pops. I'm like, I just got so much Funko Pops. I want something different, you know? Something to say, hey, I got this Comic-Con exclusive because, you know, it's, you know that's why you go to conventions to get the exclusive items you're not going to get anywhere else. It just, to me, it was just a frustration, and, you know, you know, like I said, being a Turtle fan, growing up, I wanted, ever since they announced, oh, we're going to have these figures at Comic-Con, we're going to have figures at Comic-Con, I'm like, oh, it's cool, and then all of a sudden, they're like, you know, now that with the whole COVID, and there's the home, but I'm like, oh, what's going to happen to this now, all of a sudden, they announced, hey, we're, the San Diego comic is going to have links to all the, the companies, the vendors, we're going to have links to their sites, so you can get the exclusive merch, and that was cool and all, and like I said, I got excited, Two hours of waiting, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't wait. And like I said, big props to the people that were able to stand the service. Hope you guys enjoy them when you get them in the mail. I hopefully NECA decides to put them back in their store and give people another chance to buy them. Who knows how many? Yeah, right. I mean, honestly, they should make up for the people that were disappointed. I understand stores like Walmart and Target, you know, they pay the characters for things. But make sure you have somebody who's ready to upload on their site. Because I'm not going to knock Target. I'm not going to knock Walmart. They're probably waiting for, you know, some communication from the vendors. Say, hey, we're going to put this live. Get ready, you know. You're going to get flooded. And I think it was. It was like, you guys were going to get flooded. I understand internet traffic and stuff. But at the same time, I wish they would have been more prepared. Mm-hmm. They weren't prepared enough. But like I said, don't. I'm not boycotting that kind of thing. I just wish they could have done better. So, enjoy the products, guys. Enjoy the products. I mean, NECA does have to do really good quality figurines, especially like movies and stuff like Nightmare on Elm Street and Predator and all that stuff. They're really good details. 
in excess as they do. And they did good. When I, like I said, I missed out on the movie Turtles from the 90s because it looked really cool as hell. I just saw they were going to release um, Token Razor from Turtles uh, 2 Secret of the Use. And Kevin Eastman posted on his Facebook page. But like I said, I was just disappointed I missed out on that because that was like the only comic con exclusive I wanted to get. I mean, yeah, Funko had a bunch of good comic con exclusives. Hopefully, people were able to get those. I think they, but they, Funko did a good job because they spread it out to different vendors. So, like, their site doesn't get flooded as much. But there's a lot of good exclusives. You could have got a Hot Topic or GameStop. Um, but another thing that it's like, because honestly, they, I mean, right now, like I said, when the convention's being digital, it's kind of hard for vendors to get their products out there because, you know, it's nice when you go to conventions, it's just you got the merch, you know? Be able to feel it, touch it, you know, inter it's the whole interactivity, too. That's what the like, thing about this, like, not having conventions open and this stuff is the whole interactivity with other people. But, I know I'm talking so much about it, but I just wanted to get out there, guys. So hopefully, if you guys were lucky to get those turtles, hopefully you guys enjoy them. Because like I said, I... And then, like I said, the other day, I ended up watching the... So I put it on YouTube, the actual concert in <laughs> the 90s. So watching that was like... It hit me like a little kid again. Because I remember going to that when I was like five years old. I think my mom took me to go see it. Yeah, I think they did it at the recording place. I guess in the recording place, they had like a concert hall thing inside it. In the old one. And they did it there. And when I can't remember, you know, it was cool. So like I said, at that time, Turtles were big. I think Pizza, Pizza did the sponsorship for the tour and stuff. They were promoting it a lot and stuff, and I think the cassette tape I got it from there too. So, from Pizza, and then they were signed the cassette tapes with the songs. But luckily enough, you can get the songs on Spotify now. Someone actually uploaded the whole album on Spotify, so you definitely get that out. I mean, there are some catchy songs like Pizza Power and Count on Us, one of those. Where I would say those are the top two <laughs> on that whole thing. But yeah, check out that concert performance because it, I mean, it does, it ages so horribly because. I mean, the suits and everything, it's like, yeah, you try to compare those to the Jim Henson Creature Shop suits? Nah. Because I have to give props to the actors who are in those suits and having to wear those for the concert itself. I mean, the highlight was just one point when Shredder freaking roasts the audience members. You know, starts picking on them and stuff. It's kind of funny. So there's some of that fan interactivity with the show. Because it was like a Turtles, but, you know, you know, go do music. Like I said, Turtle Mania was big in the 90s. Because you had the success of the film of the film itself, and of course, the, the, the cartoon itself, you know, what can he do to branch more in the turtle brand, and of course, they decided to do it as a, as a, as a stage show. Mm -hmm. So, but, like I said, big props to NECA for coming out with those figures, I just wish, like I said, I just wish they could have done better with the release, and make it easier for everybody to get them. So, like I said, big props, so that's my two cents about that. Um, other than that, um, what else happened in Um, I saw the... Um, I saw Kevin, like, today I saw the Kevin Smith, he had, like, he did a panel of himself, he also did, like, his own panel, and he, even he expresses, like, the whole not being at Comic-Con, and, you know, at the Hall H, because it's usually, the Hall H is usually the, the famous, you know, how to get to thing, and he was talking, he gave, like, his 10th thing, so he talked about pretty much, you know, what he's working on, he talked about Masters in the Universe, how... Everything pretty much is done. They're just, you know, there's not, um, most of the principal voice of work is done. Um, he gave props to the people in Mattel and um, Netflix for helping out. So I guess he said, like, one of the creators, one of the guys, um, he worked with well, the, the ones from Mattel. He said this, well, I forgot the guy's name, but he pretty much wrote the comic book for DC. 
for Masters of the Universe. And he talked thanks to the writing team, the actors. Um, talked about the guy on Netflix who's helping out the show, who's who grew up on He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and stuff. So he's looking forward to that because you know he was glad they, were, they approached him to do it to create them. Because he says it's a continuation of the old cartoon. So it's like not like a reboot, so it's like a continuation of the main series. So like I said that like me growing up on that, you know, He Man, I caught He Man a tell in the eighties because it was all reruns. But um that was cool. We talked about that. I talked about the um, that supposedly with the James Hub reboot, talked about the Funko Pops and stuff and they actually Funko decided to make um a pop doll of Iron Bob because if you watch um spoiler alert if you watch Sing James Bond by Reborn Amazon Prime there's one point where Simon Bob puts on an Iron Man inspired suit and Funko and funny thing is he made a joke in the film because he plays an embellished version of himself in the film as well he plays the Kevin fucking Smith and he says I hope they make this into a Funko Pop and Funko enough decided to make a doll of it um, he had that one. He showed that one, how it looks like. I think they were selling for Comic-Con. So hopefully he said hopefully people were able to get it. Um, he also showed the, the statue in the background, which is the Iron Bob. Uh, down by Robert Kurtzman, who did the costume design for the film for Jason Aaron Reboot. And I guess his companies make is selling like, the statues and stuff and the masks. So he gives shout-outs to Robert Kurtzman because he made like a lot of movie props and stuff over the years. Um, he talked about... You know, stuff that he was planning to do, like, because of COVID and stuff. Talked about, you know, Twilight with the Mall Rats. That well, and then this one film called Kiroi was here. Hmm. It was like a film that he was working on with this old school down in Florida, this film school. He did with these kids, like, in this film class, you know, helped them out. He did it, before. he said he worked on for three years because he did it the beginning of the time before his heart attack. And he took the break off, and then he came back and tried to do as much as he can. So I think they're almost, they're pretty much done. They're sitting in post-production right now. So he said hopefully, he showed a trailer for Kilroy was here. Because he said it's like an anthology series. It's like short, short things into one film, like an anthology film. Kind of like, like he said, he compared it to like VHS, basically. That's all of them, like the whole thing about Kilroy was here. Like Kilroy. Thing, if you remember Kilroy's like that joke where the guy with the big eyes and the long nose and stuff. So it's like almost a horror film. So he showed the trailer for that. Um, then he talked about like other projects he's working on. He talked about the the podcast he's doing with his daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, but the vegan podcast as well. So he was just pretty much like talking about like projects that he's working on. That he came up with the whole um, content site called that Kevin Smith Club, where you can do like tier membership, kind of like Patreon almost. And he said you can get access to like his old podcast and stuff. And he has a three old podcast called Wake and Bake. Like a video thing where you, he pretty much wakes up, smokes weed, and pretty much he talks about what's going on. Then he talks about the Smodcast Theater they're trying to build in Jersey. It's at the side where the Quick Stop is in Jersey. That some kind of construction had to slow down a little bit because of the COVID and stuff. Mm. And like his buddy that's helping out is like doing some basic touches on it and everything. Um, but right now he said with the other merchant stuff, you can buy get it from the James with the secret stash if you go to their website. So he was like pretty much talking about like the film itself, the James Ira, how he had fun in that film. He was like the people that were willing to work with him and stuff. And pretty much, he just pretty much gave his commentary on what's going on right now with the right now. So definitely check out the Even New Encastment on the comicbook.com, um YouTube channel. I saw that one. Like I said, the other one I saw was the 
Bill and Ted Face the Music, and of course now there's been talks with, of course the theater's getting pushed back, so a lot of films are getting pushed back. Um, they might be going on demand. But Kevin did the host of the panel for that, so they got the writers, they got the actor who played Death, they had the director, they got Keanu and Alex Winter, and they had the two girls who were going to play um, the kid version, uh, play their daughters. And I just realized what hit me when I was watching that panel was a Samara Weaving who plays um, Bill's uh, daughter, is daughter of Hugo Weaving. And she made a joke because she's like, you fought my dad in the Matrix. So she still said this is Keanu. <laughs> and they were poking jokes at them. And she's like, oh, you acted with my dad. I'm like, it was like the whole thing. Because I'm like, really? I'm like, and the, like the last thing caught me off guard. I'm like, that's Hugo Weaving's daughter? I'm like, what the heck? You never know. You never know who you end up like acting with. But they talk about how, you know... Keanu and the writers, you know, they all kept contact over the years and stuff. Him and Alex Winter became friends when they did the auditions together and stuff for the first films. And they said they did like a little, they want to spoil, they did a little tribute to George Carlin. Because, of course, he played Rufus in the films. That's cool, they brought Death back, though. He, like, William Seller was really happy that he got to be part of the universe again. And then the actresses who were playing the daughters when they saw that, you know, Keanu and Alex reunited to death, they're like, she said they were like, I think like old friends who haven't seen each other for so many years. And how, you know, how they have fun in the film and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, that panel was really good. I mean, I saw they got like a Turtles one too for the, because it's the third anniversary of the film. So definitely check out if you go to Comic-Con International on their YouTube channel. Search Comic-Con. They have on their YouTube channel, they have all the panels. Like the main actor ones. But they have the other ones too, like industry ones, where you know how to get into certain things. But like I say, it was like a different type of feel. But I think a lot of people were the biggest complaint I read about it was there was not enough interactivity. They said they wished the panels were live, where fans were able to chime in the chat like ask questions. They said they wished they could have. I wish they said that it would have been better to have more fan interaction. Mm-hmm. Like have like someone have a Discord or something, just so someone can monitor Discord just to. Answer questions, you know. That's the only thing you miss about conventions is when they have like a Q and A thing, and you don't have, and that kind of changes when you try to think from digital. Because I know that's like I think right now the big ones like I forgot which one they're doing next digital. I know Country Roll, and now they're doing their annual convention. They're doing it digital this year, so hopefully they'll learn from what Comic Con did and hopefully add like a kind of like an interactive type, you know, like, like a Discord or a chat saying, you know, if you want to ask questions, chime in and ask questions. So I think that kind of, I mean, I, I appreciate what the San Diego Comic Con International is trying to do and try to show the videos, but at the same time, it kind of loses that whole fan interaction of, you know, having Q&As. I think if they were able to do, like, even do these panels live, I think with everyone having, I think it was all about trying to get everybody. Because they're probably doing some stuff when, you know, even though everything's on lockdown, but they probably have other projects they had to work on. Okay, I think it was kind of hard to do like a live panel and pretty much, you know, um, do a live Q&A. But I wish they had that, so just to have that little interaction. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's a different experience when you're in the place as opposed to watching it through a screen. But either way, I, I feel that no matter where the panel people are, they should still bring good content as if they were there in front of them. So, I mean, in Kevin Smith's case, he was able to kind of show people on what he was working on anyways, which is nice, but a lot of these companies only work on, like, one thing. Like, a lot of the video game ones that dropped the ball lately, 
and with Comic-Con included, so I just, uh, it's interesting to see where everything is headed with the COVID shit happening, mm-hmm. entertainment-wise, but who knows. I mean, other than that, it's like, that's the only thing I, that's my only take from that was because the whole, it's like with everything, you know, everything being on lockdown, it, it kind of like, you know, everything has, they had to try to find a way to adapt to what's going on. But hopefully you guys were able to enjoy Comic-Con at home, you know, those kind of experiences, like your inside look. And like I said, the website wasn't that bad. I mean, they had the links and they had the schedule up and the links to all the, the vendors. So hopefully the vendors who were like selling exclusive merch we're able to at least get some profit and be able to, you know, maintain, you know, their businesses while we're going through this right now. And, um, and I've seen that they're like Funko themselves. I mean, they, with so many licenses and stuff, it kind of, you know, was well, a big thing too. I know, um, Dungeons, like Wizards of the Coast, who owned the Dungeons and Dragons, um, franchise, um, now some new books, and they announced like a startup war game where you can get like a startup adventure of Dungeons and Dragons to get yourself, uh, you know, acquainted with Dungeons and Dragons. Because I know it's, uh, right now, what I like about it now with Dungeons and Dragons, I mean, now with the, that Dragon DD Beyond, you can do a lot of digital play. I think Roll 20 is the the hub of doing digital DD games because you can do create a map with the internet with a computer and then create like shit and it had personalized like chat rooms or video rooms where you guys can play online and especially with a lot of things it kind of helps you know I said with the whole COVID like a lot of things has to change especially lucky with we're in an age with video games where you can play with buddies online versus back in the day where you know if you want to call me buddy you had to call the seat they're available to come over so I think it, you know luckily right now I mean with this COVID you know it kind of sucks right now you know certain things are closed down or they have to limit certain things but I'm glad we're blessed with the technology. We're able to stay in touch with others and be able to, you know, do things. In the social distancing allowance. But but there's like some comics that they announced, like some works and stuff as well. Um, I'm trying to pull up what I can right now and pull up some few pages right now. And of course, um, one thing announced was The Boys was announced for season three. Ahead of their season two premiere, um, it, Amazon announced that they picked up the boys from our season. So, and then that as well. Um, of course, uh, Rooster Teeth Productions announced the next season of Ruby and Rivers Blue Zero is called. So, they announced a lot of their new works they're working on right now. And, of course, Umbrella Academy season two. They showed the first look at that during the Count kind of Home. And it has some of the the panels for like Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, um, what we do in the shadows. Definitely watch that show on the first two seasons are on Hulu. Um, it's a very funny show. It's about pretty much um, what we do in the shadows. It's basically um, about vampires. Pretty much, it's like a mockumentary kind, of, so kind of like The Office almost. Where they have the camera crews, even like the the vampires who recognize the camera crews. Um, pretty much focus on these. Three vampires who live in Staten Island, and they have their human familiar, Guillermo, tending to their knees, and just supposedly try to take over the world in a more modern way. So some of them are out, out of base because they've been living for so many years, and try to get used to the modern, you know, conveniences. And they got that one vampire played by Mark Proch, who's uh, like an energy vampire, so he sucks out all the negative energy, so they're trying to deal with him as well. <laughs> but he's not the typical vampire, he's an energy vampire, apparently. 
But it's really good. They got like the two seasons, and it's really good. It's on FX, but it's also on Hulu as well. So definitely check out. I saw that panel. That panel was amazing. Um, like I said, all the Marvel movies got pushed back. Uh, Spider Man got pushed back for 2022. Avatar got pushed back for 2022. Live movies got pushed back. As of right now, and of course, um, I'm a Sonic fan, and um, they announced Sonic finally got announced. The release date is going to be in 2022 for Sonic 2. We'll be coming out in 2022. Um, I was going to say, Paris Team, I just saw right now, they're going to do, um, so Team, like, I just picked up on the Nerd Culture, um, on column on CBR.com. Um, Rich Team announced because they do an expo, like a convention as well. Like a regular convention, but this year with everything going on, so Series Team announced a 10 day virtual convention running from. Tuesday, September 15th to Friday, September 25th. It'll be a break in life broadcast over the weekend with Saturday 19, Sunday 20th. That being dedicated to recast and rebroadcast. So they're going to do live streaming, but they only the weekend is pretty much going to recap. It says the Rooster Convention will be free for all of those Rooster first members, those with a five dollar description. However, select panels will be free to watch for anyone, including the Ruby Volume 8 panel and the Red vs. Blue Zero panel. And maybe broadcast.com, which is mobile apps. So I guess it's like for the memberships, I guess, if you're a member for the Rooster Teeth thing, which makes sense sometimes. I think Crunchyroll is doing the same thing too. They're doing, uh, like I said, they're doing the expo um, as well, virtually. Like I said, it's like, it's like I said, a lot of these conventions are going into the digital route right now. And I just saw, what was it? I just saw this thing. Oh, here it is. Apparently, I don't know this guys. I don't know what's going on with fashion. If you guys are like, this is one thing I just saw right now. I'm on comicbook.com and uh, apparently, Crocs is doing a collaboration with KFC. <laughs> apparently, um, this we a chicken scented Crocs lunch today. This is an article from my Sean Fallon from comicbook.com. This is I'm not. This is. Look at this. This freaking cross. Look at it. I don't know these chickens are... You can tell they're fake chickens, but look at the chicken legs. But come on, dude. Are you... People... Oh, oh my God. The Quest Across Cloud manages a red and white striped bucket. KFC complete with fried chicken pan on top. KFC logo on the back of the left shoe. And the kernel on the right. The look is polished off of a fried chicken. Jim, it's charm for each shoe. It looks and smells like the real thing. So there's a Crocs KFC version when they should be slated for the spring. We'll assume that the pandemic is which push back the lease. It's now happened today. I said this recording, but also today, July 28. 12 o'clock Eastern, so they probably went on sale a few hours ago. Go to Crocs.com and try to buy a pair, but... If, I mean, if you're a big fan of KFC, yeah, and you like wearing Crocs, okay, I can see why you might get it. Or just to collect it. I don't know. Would you I don't go around wearing a chicken set of shoes, man? I know you're vegan, dude, but it's like... No. <laughs> no, 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 Crocs are weird, too. <laughs> Those shoes are some of the ugliest shoes I've ever seen, ever. Oh, God. Ugh. Looks so bad. Look at this. Um, I know I'm talking about anime as well. I just want to pull this out before I get to my little anime corner, but... Apparently, um, Crunchyroll hits subscriber milestone amidst um, anime's popularity series. Crunchyroll has been a go-to destination for anime US for years now. It sees platforms expand these days. 
Um, right now, middle 2020, Crunchyroll is getting a lot of million subscribers. So there's just a 70 million registered users on the site that spans over 200 countries. So Crunchyroll is doing good things. Um, definitely good source for getting anime. Um, it's Crunchyroll. It's like one of my ones I subscribe to. Well, I get it Verb because I get Crunchyroll and High Dive and other channels as well. They're in the Water Media family. So we'll definitely check that out. I just wanted to bring that to light. Uh, so guys, I'm just going through listen what's going on um you know it's i mean with covid it's kind of hard to find things to report that haven't changed um but of course like i said with the cow book time of being at home kind of changes everything apparently let's oh, okay this is one thing i just saw that it was on comicbook.com they just announced at the ces of Tra- consumer electronics show to go all digital in 2021 Consumer Technology Association on Tuesday announced that the 2021 Consumer Electronics Show taking place January 6th to the 9th, 2021 will be an all-digital experience connecting exhibitors and customers through leaders in media from around the world. The affordable all participants are here from technology innovators, seeing cutting-edge technologies and the latest product launches and engage with global brands and startups from around the world. While avoiding the risks of cyberdialogue and coronavirus, but the move follows a growing trend and events in a pandemic. So... I mean, I've never been to those trade shows, but I know they're probably cool because like, that's one lot of like the companies show off the latest electronics, and it's gonna be interesting how they, they pull it off because it's gonna be an all digital show. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there's been this trend. I think Funko's been doing all these like advent calendars. I saw they did a Nightmare on, on Christmas advent calendar. Apparently now they did a Dragon Ball Z one too. I guess they come like little Funko pops. It's like Funko's blowing up when it comes to this doing all the licenses they get. So that's kind of interesting as well. Um, let's see what else is going on here. Check out IGN. Like I said, we, this is where we get our news, guys. We go to the, like the credit lot sources. Um, let's check this here. What's going on? Oh, yeah. Um, if you own PS4, apparently... Um, Apparently, the, uh, if you're familiar with this game, I know Biko has an Xbox One, so he's probably familiar with the game Cuphead. Oh, yeah. Apparently, Cuphead just released today with no announcement. They just apparently appeared on the PS4 today. What? Yeah, so now, besides the Switch, because remember, it came out on Xbox first, and then eventually later on, it came out on the Switch, and now it looks like it just it came out today. Because a lot of people are saying, Cuphead's on PS4. Like, I haven't gotten on the PS4 store today, so I wasn't aware Apparently, yeah, Cup, this is from IGN. Um, Cuphead is a surprise release on PS4. Developer studio MDHR announced a free update coming to those existing Xbox One version. Wow. It's on right now, looks like it's on PS4 for 20 bucks. So this here, co-founder Chad Moldenhauer said, so all the impassioned PlayStation fans have sent us messages over the years. We're so excited for you to get the chance to experience Cuphead firsthand. Most of these things are the one for tuning Xbox has continued to empower us to bring us our game store to audiences. The Xbox the Xbox update will add a digital art gallery, behind the scenes commentary features, and playable soundtrack to the game. No beta's been getting a release. It marks one of the last major platforms to see a Cuphead release. After sold six million copies across Xbox, PC, Mac, and Switch. Apparently, there's a DLC for it too being announced. A DLC expansion, the Delicious Last Course, is still. So they released this year after delay. Uh, and I guess, of course, there's a TV show coming out for Netflix. Mm-hmm. So that's that was one thing I saw that kind of 
when posted video games that came to my attention was they were gonna do um that um Cuphead got released, which was interesting. Nice. So hmm. Oh, okay, IGN has a lot of the panels as well. Um Archer of course, um is coming back for season eleven. Um Oh yeah, if you from Netflix, if you watch the show um, The Dragon Prince, it got renewed for four more seasons. And also, they wanted the daytime Emmy as well. They wanted daytime Emmy for like um, Best Animated Children's Show. Hmm. So they got renewed for. Apparently, he had a movie called Palm Springs. Yeah, I watched it the other day. How was it, man? Um, it's all right. A cup of coffee. It's okay. It's uh, it's a mix of Groundhog Day with Back to the Future, but with Andy Samberg, which he plays. Uh, kind of weird. That was Andy Samberg, wasn't it? Andy Samberg and the girl from uh, uh, she's in How I Met Your Mother, but. Mother, which comes out later. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I found it like the, the Christian uh, Melody. Uh, hoping I'm not butchering the name. Yeah, but she comes out in there, and they're kind of like both stuck in this weird loop. Based on what it says, it's like almost like one of those like time travel, kind yeah. of like Groundhog Day type it's, of thing. Yeah, it's it's like a. It's like Groundhog Day, they're both stuck in the loop, based on like, where they both met at a certain circumstance, both at a wedding, and they meet each other, we're both with different people, and then like it just turns into kind of like a little love story, but not, and kind of bounces off, but yeah, like, yeah, it's like watching Groundhog Day, so you're, it's constantly going back and forth to the loop, and as the story progresses, it's, it's alright, it's not a bad movie, it's, I was just surprised everyone's like, yeah, you gotta fucking see it. Because, like, we, we watched it and it was fine. Like, it was a gold mo- It was fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... I, I wasn't, like, blown away by it. Mm-hmm. I, I th- if that was the case, maybe because of the hype, but it was fine. Like, it was, it was an entertaining movie. I have to check it out, though, because, I mean, I like Andy Samberg. Yeah. I like him in, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but I think with Hulu right now, they're, like, with Disney back in Hulu and, you know, trying to put more and more original... Programming there as well. They're trying to get on the game on Netflix right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it has funny moments, but mm. it felt like it was a romantic comedy. Okay. When mm-hmm. wasn't trying to be, but yeah, I don't know why the the whole hype about whether whether it's like oh my god you got to see it like I was watching it everywhere and it's like all right all right I'll watch it and it was fine it was fine uh-huh. like it was a. If it was an indie movie, I would have came across and watched it and was like, oh, damn, okay, this was, this was good. That was fun. Couldn't complain too much about it. Okay. But yeah, definitely something I'd watch on Hulu for being an original. It's, it goes by rather quickly. Um, after, like, the second or third loop, you kind of start understanding. But uh, it, 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 in the beginning, it's just a little weird. Because things are just kind of happening. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it that. The pacing in the beginning is kind of... Throws you off, but for a reason, and then once you get going, it's it's not bad. Okay. Definitely check. Uh, definitely check that movie out. I mean, I'm gonna say right now when it comes to like TV right now, I've been like 
kind of see the last, like, like I said, I've been, like, on an anime effects for, like, the last, like, two weeks because I'm at home, you know, because, like I said, if you guys remember from the last episode, I had a health scare, so, of course, at work, they make, you gotta take, like, a, leave, a sick leave, and you gotta do, yeah, of course, you gotta get tested, of course, I got tested for, for COVID, and my thing came back negative right now, I'm just waiting for, for the okay from the, the my employer's team to put me back in the system, basically, as you can say, but of course, you gotta do everything by the book, and, um, and hopefully I go back shortly, but, you know, for me, I, I just been, like, catch up on anime, of course, um, there's some ones out there that, especially the ones that, are, that came back, you know, the ones that got pushed back by, by production-wise, by, you know, COVID right now, like, of course, Japan is slowly opening right now, and I saw this one video by Paulo from Tokyo, um, great, um, video tuber, YouTuber, when it comes to, like, learning about Japanese culture, and, but he does a lot of those travel style um, videos. Was he and his wife, who he met in Japan, and like oh, they do like a travel vlog, and he kind of talked about how Japan's slowly opening up after COVID and stuff, but they're doing like slowly. And he did. He went to Tokyo Disneyland, and he showed how I would say it. It puts our Disney parks over here in the U.S. kind of shame because the way they have it all set up and everything they did like a, like Tokyo Disneyland did a really good job when it comes to like the social distancing and certain restrictions they put on, on guests and stuff and guests have to wear masks and stuff which makes sense and they have to keep those masks on until they get food or something they're planning in the diner they kept like certain shops open they limited capacity and with Japan being more like a they like this in Japan what I've seen based on the vlogs and stuff they're mostly cash based culture very few places will take um um take like cards and stuff. I think right now with COVID, they're slowly allowing for cashless payments. So allowing to pay with your card or your debit card or something right now. That's what they said. Tokyo Disneyland—they're doing that for like, those purchases. They got like protective plexiglass screens and stuff. Um, that's kind of cool. They're still opening right now. They're still right now. The only people there right now locally, the only people that live there right now, they're still have a travel ban right now for foreigners right now. Until this, you know, this pandemic subsides. But I totally understand. I saw one day he did, he did one where he was walking around the streets. And a lot of the little, like, business owners are... Hopefully, they, like, the government will allow for tourists to come once this pandemic comes. They do miss the foreigners. Mm -hmm. Because they get most of their business, you know, they cater to them. To the foreign market. You know, it's kind of cool. I see that. And, of course, um... Definitely one podcast I definitely enjoy is the Trash Taste Podcast. If you guys haven't checked that out, that's really good. If you guys want to know about... Because these three YouTubers, um, Joey, the Anime Man, um, Gert, um, Gigit, and um, C-Dog, Connor, who's a C-Dog. They're all any tubers and they're all friends in real life. And they decided to do a podcast together and they talk about, you know... It's a cool podcast. I think they're like eight episodes up right now, but they um, talk about, you know anime, video games, and Japanese culture, like, how they got into it and stuff. Very good, but... It's like, Japan's, like, one of the places I want to visit. Just because, you know, I'm a big anime guy. I love video games, but I do want to see the culture. It kind of fascinated me by watching, like, these... these videos, these travel videos of Japan. And it kind of makes me interested in just how the culture is. Experience it, like, firsthand. But until, you know... Until this pandemic... Subsides and wants to open travel again. And I would like to say open and go there one day, mm -hmm. at least for like a week or something. That'd be kind of cool. 
Um, one thing, um, I do want to say, speaking of anime, we'll get into it, my little anime thing, um, is if you're on Crunchyroll right now, or Verve, um, if you remember from Comic-Con, they announced, like, Crunchyroll had a little panel, and they announced that Goblin Slayer, the film, was being released on Crunchyroll right now. Um, it's just for today. Um, they're removing the film today. Um, if you go on the website now, go on the, the, the Goblin Slayer anime, um, anime page, um, they have the video on there, the movie on there. I'm surprised they decided to do it on, like, they showed it here on Crunchyroll itself because they're one of the partners. So definitely check it out. Um, basically, Goblin Slayer, yeah, it's kind of like the fantasy stuff, but it pays homage, like the manga itself. It's based on the manga, but it pays homage to, like, the old D&D <coughs> type games in the past. I think uh, the, the manga, kind of, the creator loved D&D, so he decided to make it like that. So they get the different character classes. But this one character, whose sole purpose is basically, he wears his armor, and he only does missions where it involves killing goblins, which I guess... He lost his parents to a goblin attack. That's all he does. Any jobs he'll take for the guild has to involve killing goblins. It's really good. Um, it's one of those animes that, you know, to the point where they have to put a disclaimer before every episode because it's that graphic. It's that intense. But the animation is good. I would like to read the manga because I heard some more gruesome on there. Um, so they did. They announced that they're going to have the film. The film is out right now today. You can go on Crunchyroll today. I don't know how long we get the film up. We might have to take a chance today, later today, to check it out. Um, but it's a really good anime. I do recommend you guys see if you're into like the fantasy style. Like, like I said, there's some animes that have that isekai, pretty much like fan, like a suck into a fantasy world. Well, this is like a true fantasy type game because even like it's like D and D, almost like a D and D inspired manga. Because you got the different character classes of different races. So you got like a priest, you got like a, um, a ranger, you got a cleric, you got a warrior. But the different um, nationality, different races. You got a lizard man who's like a priest. They got a elf girl who's like a ranger. They got the dwarf, I mean, who's like a, almost like a warrior himself. And of course you got the girl who's like a disbond girl who's like pretty much a cleric and she went on an adventure with these other friends and they thought they can, you know, and of course her whole party pretty much, um, I, I had to talk about the beginning because that's, I think that's the reason why the anime itself got a disclaimer was there was just one part, I don't spoil the rest of the series, but I just want to describe this one part, I think they got, parents of Japan upset was it got a little gory. Because the girl who's the cleric, she goes to this party, you know, they're excited, they go in their first adventure, they go in this cave. And they thought they were killing goblins, you know, it was, you know, civil mission, you know? Kill goblins or money. Um, they go, they do it, but unbeknownst to them, they, their party got overwhelmed. To the point where her party members start getting killed one by one, and one of her other female adventures to the point she gets, um... She gets stripped naked, she ends up getting raped, and she ends up getting killed as well. Afterwards, she gets so traumatized until she gets saved by the Goblin Slayer. Who, you don't see his face, but, it, like, the anime goes to his backstory why he did what he, why he kills goblins, why he shows his hatred towards. But definitely, it's a, one of the, and that's why that scene got so intense, that's why the anime would disclaimer before every episode. Because it's one of those intense things, but definitely check it out. But the anime itself, Goblin Slayer, it's on Crunchyroll, but for us, it, I think it's also on 
Funimation, I think they did, they did the dub of it. But I think if you want to see the film, you have to catch it on Crunchyroll. So definitely check out Goblin Slayer. So that's my little thing of anime. Um, um, right now, we'll take a little break and we'll come back. We'll, it's been me talking for most of the episode. We're going to give Biko some time to, for him to say some stuff um, that he finds on the news right now. So let me go ahead. Um, we'll take a quick break. Make sure to listen to our ad in between this um, episode. And we'll be right back. Hey, it's Stefan Chise from Talking Pop with Stefan Chise and Biko. Just letting you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs, and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers, so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, whatever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care. Everybody, we are back. Um, like I said, pretty much this episode, I like to call it reactions because we're first reacting what was going on with Comic Con. But I'm going to turn it over to Biko, and Biko will go ahead and talk about and see what he found in the world of news or Reddit. Go ahead, Biko. Well, I mean, I didn't really find much either. It just, uh, I found something on Comic Con that it just said that it it just didn't really buzz much this year with. YouTubers in particular hosting several panels across the day, but only averaged about 15, 15k views per mm-hmm. session, which is their lowest reported ever since partaking in the convention. I think what kind of takes away having these panels is before, you know, when Comic Con was open, you had people sneaking in cameras. Comic Con at home, yeah, it said, um, uh, so just even comparing from last year, I guess they, they count of tweets and shit too. Hmm. Um, ah. says the YouTube numbers looked even bleak compared from last year to this year when they said around, yeah, 15,000 views per panel. So on Thursday, um, okay, which, wait, what? YouTube, YouTube typically garners using the main hall that Comic-Con uses, which is their biggest hall in the venue. Yeah, Hall H, they call it. Right? Yeah, so they did the same thing, I guess you could say, with this. Um, Having, I guess you could say, several spots opened on Thursday for YouTube-sponsored content. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about 15K of you. It's not even, some people get more on a video. Um... And then they, it says a group blame on the, the lack of exciting properties such as The Walking Dead's 20th Century Studios, New Mutants, CBS Star Trek panels, and two of Keanu Reeves' panels for Bill and Ted's Face to Music and Constantine were the biggest names, which could, could have drawn away a lot of the attention from away from the YouTube-centered uh, panels. But that's, that was going to happen no matter what. Because that's just normal. It's expected when you go to these conventions. 
there's a bunch of different shit that people are into that of course they're gonna take see like also Lucasfilm wasn't even at Comic Con Warner Brothers DC and Marvel on the latter had much respect for Comic Con and Home Giant interest for exclusive content uh there's just a lot of, it just seemed like Comic-Con was something that should have just not happened this year, as opposed to doing something like, we'll say, Comic-Con at home, just to say they did it, to remain relevant in people's headspace, but it's just, at, at this point, it's like, what's the, uh, I think this might hurt their image. Yeah, because I think Kevin Smith, well, like, based on that panel, he did talk about, you know, this is a little different because I think he said he misses the whole interactivity with the people and being the whole H being like the famous one. And you know, it's, you know, even he, he would like, you know, he will go on YouTube and we'll try to find video because it's kind of hard because, you know, people will sneak in their phones or their cameras to record the panels. And people go on YouTube just to find the actual panels that's going on because it's hard to get into. Like these certain panels, it was kind of hard because you had to go early. But. That's where you go. That context with the whole mystique of, you know, people who were able to go to the convention, who were able to go into the, the, the big panels, like the Marvel panels or DC panels, you know, sticking their cameras to record, you know, the panels, and, people, and that's how they get more views on YouTube. So that I think that kind of, like, hurt a little bit. It, it hurt this a little bit for the fact that context with the whole mystique of, like I was saying before, there was no fan interactivity whatsoever. These panels were simply, to me, they were just, you had to watch the video. There was... Like, they, like, I will say, even, I mean, I mean, I have to give props to the people who presented these panels because they had to do it with no audience. Even though it was a, you know, virtual audience, so to say, it just kind of hurts with the whole not having interaction. Not having that live interaction, not having the laughter, like Kevin said, pointed out. Not having people laughing, no people shouting, and not having a Q&A kind of hurts. Mm-hmm. I think that's why you said, you pointed out, and that's why the views didn't get, didn't garner as much as they anticipated. No, there was just, they expect people to still lock their eyes onto this when, when you don't have, when you take away the physical actually being in, in the place out of the way, it just doesn't, it takes away a lot from the experience in itself, and people aren't going to pay X, this amount of money just to, to watch your, your, your priced your priced streaming room. So, like, nobody's gonna fucking wanna keep doing that. We'll do that for online gaming because there's an interactive component to it. Mm-hmm. There's, like, an exchange of experience. And with this, there's... You don't get that. You you just are paying for a firewall of, hopefully, content that, at the end of the day, is, is very much just hearsay. Um, I think... Part, in particular, we got to see this with Tenet. Um, Christopher Nolan's film like it's we went from okay it's gonna get delayed it'll be here by June I'm like fuck yeah excited mm-hmm. and this is back in like February when I saw the first preview pre-COVID and so when they we kept saying that was gonna delay but then we saw a lot of these film studios start uploading their movies onto Streaming services such as Hulu or Amazon Prime or Netflix right away because they saw that, oh, well, movie theaters are, you know, for the most part, guys, I don't think they're coming back. So, 
they're, these movie houses are going to have to get savvy, and if that means they're going to have to get, you know, let go of the sweet bucks, <laughs> these movies out to the masses, which in the turn point you're going to, that's going to happen regardless, do it. People will pay, or you get the cut. Figure it out. You're going to eventually how to grease your wheels, but we're going to see a lot of that going, and I think with the tenant. Uh, indefinite delay it kind of I think it was just another nail to where it's like okay I guess we're not going to have like we'll have drive-ins but only so many movies are going to make you go to the drive-in mm. not just any fucking movie no and so, plus right um, now I mean the stuff online that's trending right now is possibly there's like a lot of medical examiners are telling that the US just shut down again so that's going to hurt because if they said oh we're going to go back to phase like right now, I think Illinois was in phase four or something right now. But like Chicago's going back to phase three. And it's like some, some states are going back to their primal phases. It's like they're urging the shutdown again. It's like it kind of sucks. And um, with, me, with COVID right now, I mean, right now I just saw the guys. I mean, we don't talk enough about sports a lot. But I have to give props to like the athletes. Like, the, like, you know, they're risking themselves to go out and, you know, play just to keep people, you know, entertained. I mean, just to have some hope, for, you know. Baseball was this weekend. It was the first weekend for baseball. Doing, they're doing their 60-game season with the expanded playoffs. MLS doing the tournament right now. Um, I watched the Mexican Soccer League. They, um, they just started today, this weekend, this past weekend as well. I mean, playing with no fans, but are taking, like, proper precautions. Um, one, like, with the baseball, I was watching the Cubs and Reds last night, and they talked about how the lead, the teams who are facing each other are keeping open communication, you know, to, to let them know, hey, um, these players got tested, none of them had, are showing negative. So they're sharing, you know, results for safety-wise. They're keeping constant communication just to keep people informed that, hey, you know, our guys are good to go. Our guys are good to go. We'll be able to play a game with no issues. And yeah, it kind of sucks, you know, watching a baseball game with no fans. And there's, it kind of misses the whole fan crowd reactions and stuff. Yeah, they're going to fill some crowd noise. But it, it, I mean, it's interesting because you get to hear, like, the players shouting and stuff. It's like you're watching players practice, but, you know, the games actually count. And, of course, with hockey coming as well, I know there's some players that, um... Pretty much, you know, they thought they can go, but they couldn't go. Like, Brent Siegel for the Hawks, he's not going to be able to go join the team because, you know, he was he was recovering from surgeries and stuff. He had recent surgeries. And he was setting himself on ice, and he felt he wasn't comfortable. So he's going to give time to heal. So that's kind of cool. And I saw, there's one about the NBA right now. Them going back to the fold. WNBA as well. They're getting back into the fold as well. And, you know... So baseball started too? Yeah, baseball started too. Like... And, of course, WNBA and the NBA as well going into the mix right now. And, you know, and so they were like, um, if you guys watch pro wrestling, you know, they're doing their best. There's not really many wrestling promotions like the Indies are open right now. So right now it's like here in the U.S. you have, you know, WWE, AEW, and um, Impact Wrestling are still trying to provide these, this, this programming as well. And they had to, like, adapt and not having audiences. But they're doing their best to provide, you know, you know, entertainment content. Because right now, a lot of TV shows on break and stuff. Who knows when these shows are coming back right now in production and stuff. Especially for the next fall season. Who knows? But for right now, you got 
at least, you know, sports and WWE right now are trying their best, you know, to put on these shows and entertain the crowd right now and everything and try to keep people somewhat, I would say, staying at home because I know jobs right now, a lot of jobs are either people applying for jobs that are not getting callbacks or they're pretty much, you know, you know, these jobs are waiting to be able to open up again depending on the industry they're in as well because, you know, they got to follow health guidelines as well. But it's one thing that, you know, like like I said, going back to the conventions, you kind of missed that. Lucky me and Beagle were lucky. Like I said, we always seem we're lucky we got to go to C2E2. Because that was like the last big fan interactive convention we were able to go to. And kind of, you know, it's just missing the whole camaraderie and interacting with your fellow, you know, fellow geeks, basically. And fellow people share the same common interests. So, yeah, when Comic Con said, oh, yeah, we're going to make it virtual this year and people will be able to see it for free. Um, like, I understand, you know, it's kind of hard to get into, like, when Comic Con International, the first time they had to cancel having an, an actual venue this year was the first time in its history. But, you know, doing this virtual thing, and, you know, you know, like I said, it kind of lost its mystique, so to say. I mean, it was cool they had the panels, but it kind of loses it when not having a, not doing them live and not doing it with any fan interaction at all. So I bet you even the actors kind of missed the whole, you know, interacting with fans or answering questions for fans. It was pretty much more like presentations, like if you were listening to a business meeting and stuff. Like a lecture for school. Oh, yeah, kind of like a lecture from school. <laughs> That's how it looks like. It just doesn't look right. It just seems like, yeah, it's stripped down as real as it possibly can be, and it's without its pageantry, but that's what... Now you get this, and it's kind of like, oh, well, it's just kind of stupid. And, and I just wish it was... It's just, it, it could have been something that's just going to wait till next year, because all this got postponed anyways. So it's like you get a lot of all this big news, but a lot of these people aren't going to put things out right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, with a lot of delays, and it's just it's hard to see a lot of these things going to be ready to go until they're going to be 20, the, like the latter part, maybe of 2021. Even though it's really just around the corner. But yeah, sports are uh, opening back up at least. It's kind of nice. I, ju- I just saw that uh, was it the MLB is postponing... All of the Miami Marlins. Games oh yeah, I think they mentioned. I think the Cubs broadcasters were talking about yesterday. Apparently, there was a big COVID outbreak on their team. Yeah, like eleven personnel tested positive mm-hmm. for COVID, so they had to wait until. Yeah, like I said, it's that open communication. That's what they were saying. Think on me, it happens. The Cubs represent. He talked about the. But right now the Red Series, they're having their talks and stuff as well. They're, like I said, they're doing their tests and just making sure everybody's safe and everything. But yeah, it's yeah. I heard about they were talking about that last night and how the Marlins like I think they said like eleven players or something or people on their team got so, tested. Um, just says four additional members of the Marlins tested positive Tuesday for COVID, bringing a total of seventeen members of their oh, wow, travel seventeen. I said they said that was like eleven. Um, I guess because they're training, they're leaving from. I don't know how they got it. I guess they just got it there at the facility. Well, Florida was one of the hot spots for the cases and stuff, too. So, I mean, it can happen. Like, this thing, it's like... I know people are like... I seem like... 
with the masks. Like, I mean, guys, you gotta understand why the whole person wearing masks is like, yeah, people keep annoyed by it, but at the same time, you gotta think what the mask kind of serves too. But, you know, this COVID thing, this is something that, you know, it kept saying, oh, it's gonna go away. It takes, it's one of those things where it takes time for it to go away. It's a virus that mutates itself. It's a virus that pretty much, you know, adapts to whoever hosts it. Because this was something that was found in animals and until it just got infected. It, like, people think, all oh, viruses are dumb. No, they don't. They find a way to adapt to its host. It rewrite its DNA structure. It learns. It mutates. It, it, like, it, you know, moves from back to back. It moves from host to host. That's what a mass is for, because it's a, it's a respiratory illness that affects your lungs. And you might have it, don't show symptoms. Like, sometimes there's cases where people will have it, but they don't show the symptoms. And some people will have it, they show symptoms. Okay? It, it, it hits people differently depending on their immune system as well. It, it hits differently at different people, but at the same time, it's like, you got to be careful. And, and it sucks for those players right now, because now they have to go into isolation and pretty much for two weeks and probably get tested again to make sure you know they don't have it again. I don't know. I mean, they, they're they the only team out of the other teams that reported having any cases on the personnel. Um, and they said that the MLB have conducted more than 6,000 tests on all the personnel for each of their clubs uh, twice. So for them to only report for the Marlins... 17 personnel to only report it, which is good. And the odds look favorably in their position because um, this is not news you want to hear, especially with all these people trying to restart their seasons again and with the NFL still having not from the big four, the sports in America. Uh, they haven't announced what they're trying to do. Uh, they want to do like a 20 game season, but a lot of players are coming out and, and uh, are not wanting to do that. And, have already kind of expressed that they will opt out of the season, which a lot of the NFL Players Association members, if they consider opting out, that you know that leaves the NFL with having to make a decision on whether to go into a legal case with against the players in the association or hire replacements <laughs> to fill fill contracts. They did that before when they had the strike years. Yeah, they had so. The players. We can't say NFL hasn't pulled that card again before, but it's, it's the case. Um, but another thing I saw is that with the NBA is looking to start up this, I think it was this Sunday, it's supposed to start its first couple games. I think there's a game on right now. Huh. I was trying to pull up. Yeah. Um, the NBA is going to try to start up their team, but uh, at least their playoff runs. Because they've already finished, officially finished their season. But um, they call it the, the bubble, the bubble year, the bubble league, because it's got everybody stuck. Um, and what sucks is that the Bulls aren't in there, but it's because they had a terrible season, so hopefully they can rematch. But um, I don't, I don't see why these guys are gonna do it and not have. Because we have, okay, so we have the NBA coming back, then we have baseball coming back. When baseball, there's like way more closer together half the time. There's only 10 people on the court. I mean, then plus they're all spread out, so you had that distancing. Right. What about the other people that are there? 
I mean, the way I saw the way they had the dugout set up, they had set up where Gurrier was facing in the dugouts. Like, they had, what it did was they put, like, two benches. So they have one bench on the top, one bench in the bottom. So they build, like, an actual bench on the top of the dugouts. They modified the dugouts a little bit just to separate the players a little bit. Just like, that's somewhat distance, but most of them, they do have, like, masks. And they didn't make, like, these... They're gonna, I think they're selling them right now for pre-order. It's by the company FOCO. Foco, and they, they're the, the garter scarves and the masks are selling those right now. You can pre-order them on their website and they're the actual like ones that the players are using right now. When they're not playing, they wear those in the dugout. So they got the masks and stuff. So they're trying to help, you know, curb the spread, as you can say. Um, but same thing with like the pro wrestling, like they like WWE has like the plexiglass around the ring, like around the barriers. And they got like their, you know, their trainees on um, wearing masks and stuff just to get that crowd reaction. AEW's doing the same thing. Um, I think um, they do temperature checks and everything for their talent. Kids do they're doing temperature checks as well. They're doing their temperature checks as well. They got personnel. They have a debt to be set home. The thing for WWE right now, it's them like trying to make these storylines. It's like for wrestling, people don't really like wrestling. Yeah, it's pre-written but it's like something something happens where you have to rewrite the storyline like like when, when I saw Extreme Rules like a couple weekends ago there was one match that was supposed to happen but then what happened because one of the towns tested positive for COVID and so they have to like put that town to take a two week break I get tested again to make sure he doesn't have it anymore before they let him get back into the building and then we continue with the storyline so sometimes it kind of hurts like creative wise where, you know, if someone gets sick, they got to find a way to ride around it. Mm. I don't know, I just... I just feel like a lot of this shit's going to get... Uh, just makes it worse. Mm-hmm. At, at least with the wrestling, uh, it really, I feel like it does fail from not... With, the, with that, with the lack of not having a crowd there. I mean, even like yesterday with a couple of soccer matches going on, it doesn't seem too bad when it, when it comes to soccer. Because it's big enough already, and uh, you gotta follow the ball a little more like that. And then maybe hockey games would suffer without people. Because uh, they don't even mention the NHL would come back, even though no, NHL is coming back. I think it's supposed to start because all they do is wear gears. So I think it's supposed to start next can. month. They, um, it starts next month. They just finished like their training camps right now. Because they have right now they were just having training camps right now, but I think it's supposed to start August, like the. The playoff tournament, I'm guessing they're doing the hub cities. Hey, so they are playing right now. NBA? Yeah, there's two games on right now. So, like, overall, Biko, what do you think of the conventions? Like, if you saw any more reactions to Comic-Con, or what you think of right now, for this year, you know, going right now, the way this year is, you think we're going to see more virtual events? Because I know, being that, any... Future virtual events like the rest. Of, if they are planning to do any more like expos and stuff later this year, you think they're going to have more fan interactivity? Um, yeah, they're going to have to. They're going to have to stick with. Um, maybe not convention wise, so maybe they won't. Some of these brands won't. Hopefully, only stick to waiting for convention dates that roll around. Uh, I know for at least music-wise, all that all the music festivals canceled and whatnot. So it just seems kind of like that's out of the picture until next year, hopefully. But that's kind of been out of sight, out of mind. So with things like this that provide digital entertainment, so anything you find on YouTube or uh, mm-hmm. v- 
video games in general, or in this case, films and movies, like, a lot of that stuff, you're going to have to see them play a bigger part in their social media, and I'm talking, like, their Instagrams, or if they have people doing Twitch, I can see Twitch doing a lot of celebrity-sponsored Twitch streams, you know, at, you know, backed by, like, Monster Energy or some big company that's going to pay money to have you play Fortnite with Captain America or something like shit. Like, I could see a lot of those things happening to keep them in the loop mm-hmm. for, like, press runs for video movies, but, like, you've seen it in a couple of these people doing podcast shows for a lot of the movies they've done that are gonna go straight onto, like, something like Netflix or Amazon. They'll do their they'll press run, with, they'll go on different podcasts, talk about it, but it's like, you... Before I got YouTube Premium, a lot of the ads I would see would have been on YouTube. I would have heard it on there. I would have never, or I would have heard something on it because I heard this person say it on the podcast. Or it's like a lot of these things. I'll RSVP to it on maybe in passing, but it doesn't. I don't feel too inclined to actually go and watch it as opposed to, yeah, I want to say if it's like a, I will be more on my way to go and watch a comedy special as opposed to oh um the Avengers Infinity Director's Cut's coming out like if that shit was in theaters I think it'd make more money being a theater event than it would being a digital streamer right now because it's like oh it's a director's cut like the Zack Snyder shit's coming out pretty soon oh the Snyder Cut show match yeah like great but it's like who gives a fuck like, I, I, I don't care. I, I don't care if it's four hours longer than what it was. It still sucks. So it's just like... It's just some people I understand. It. They care and they'll watch it. See, like... Would that have made more money being in the theaters? Probably. Because if somebody didn't watch Justice League the first time, now they can watch it and As be... As it was originally intended. And be in that shit longer than you should. And so... If you want to waste your time for three more hours than what you would have for two and a half or two forty-five, be my guess. But uh, yeah, I just you'll see them doing straight to digital, but it's just I think that you got to be more strategic in curating it as opposed to just waiting for these like something like Comic Con or E three or or we'll get. I don't know, New York Comic Con later on. Yeah, I guess supposed to New York Comic Con is supposed to be out later. Who knows what's going to happen with that. Like, right, because like, all that's just going to get blended in. And now we're just like, fuck it. I'd rather just you do the press run. It's going to, like, very old school with it. You know how you wouldn't know any about any movies until the previews come out and the, and the tape you bought. And they'll have, like, three previews before you get to the movie. That was awesome, because then it's like, oh, shit, there's going to be a movie coming out. Like, oh, there's another Jurassic Park coming out? No way. And so maybe they're going to have to refer to that, that old school way of tossing trailers on YouTube, um, making little videos, interviews around the YouTube channels. Like that's, YouTube's going to be a big driver for that. I think they, they, people should focus on that. Yeah, I think right now, especially with mentioning podcasts, I think I saw um, Mark Park, has he's thinking of doing a podcast. I think he's got a podcast coming out where he's going to be re-watching the old uh, Say by the Bell. Oh, God. See? Like, you know how, you know, Donald Faison and Zach Brad did the whole Scrubs? He's doing the same thing with Say by the Bell. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, a whole, like a rewatch. Just to see how, you know, he probably going to have, like, 
He's probably like his like commentary on it and just rewatching how it was back then. And probably, he'll probably have probably who knows maybe he'll have. I don't know where I think he is supposed to come out this month or later this month. But I saw there were talks about that he was working on that and you know do like a rewatch. So I know he's gonna be part of the the reboot that's supposed to come on Peacock. Which I do want to get into a little bit, you know, was Peacock itself, because I saw them pushing the whole free, free, free thing. I mean, yeah, they have a free tier, but it only gets you so much content. Yeah, I, yeah, we, we can, you can use a free tier for so long until people get away from it, because then they just feel like they get nothing back in return. Mm-hmm. It just gets too clunky, and I don't know, it makes it very, uh, it makes the experience worse, I think. And I know we talked previously about Quibi, and now I'm seeing more Quibi ads now. Yeah, you see that? Like, you're, and you're that's fine because you were talking about a couple of weeks ago, that's one thing he's talked about, like, a couple episodes um, ago about Quibi and how it's struggling. Not to the point that now they're pushing a lot of commercials, a lot of ads. Um, I saw the Kevin Hart movies come out in there. Yeah, uh, die, die, Car- die Hard with John Travolta. Die Hard with John Travolta, yeah, like only on Quibi, and it's like, oh man, if, if this was in the movies, I probably would watch it, but it's John Travolta playing like the uh, Die Hard type of trainer for him being in the action movies. It's, like, <laughs> it's Kevin Hart. Yeah, you know what, I'd watch it. And, and then Anna, Ken- stupid, and then Ken- Anna Kendrick, he's like, imagine like the sex doll is real, and yeah. supposed to be like, kind of like, almost like Toy Story meets like, Mannequin, basically. See, fuck, man. Quibi, I can see where your head is at. It's just not... But the problem is with kind of hurting them. You can only get them on your mobile devices. That's what the yeah, only thing is. That, that, exactly. They're kind of, like you said, kind of hurts because they're not, not kind of Roku or Amazon Fire Circle or Apple TV. I think kind of hurts them a little bit. But yeah, I, that's one thing I wanted to bring up because I've been seeing a lot of the Quibi ads lately, especially with that Die Hard. And, of course, the, the Kendrick one, which I forgot the name of it, but it's another movie itself that's kind of like... That's supposed to be on there. Well, I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> and then when Kevin Hart trying to be like a Bruce Willis type action star by having like some like John Travolta op- act opposite, it's kind of hilarious. Which is kind of hilarious in its own run. And like I said, going back, I watched the Jane Sign by reboot earlier because after I watched the Kevin Smith panel, I decided to watch it. Um, I loved it. It was actually, it kind of, the way he wrote this film was pretty much, if you watch it, it's pretty much his like, Kevin Smith's pretty much views on everything, basically. Like, a lot of jokes were like, a, there was like more meta humor in this film. Because it kept calling back to the old one, like he kept mentioning all this stuff years ago and stuff now. He does talk about, he does throw shade to like reboots and remakes. And it's cool because he bring back Jason Lee, he brought back a lot of old cast members, like all, people he kept in touch with, it was just kind of cool. Like people that, you know, that he worked with in the past. And they do all these jokes where they, yeah, they have these moments in meta moments where they look at the audience and be like, hey, you know, it's true. Because they have one where, you know, they have Brody and Brody from All Rats, and he talked about the whole how the mall is a dying industry right now. And he kind of gives his explanation about reboots and remakes. Mm. But the whole thing is about, you know, Jane saw Bob, they're trying to stop this reboot from happening. And because it all starts with them, you know, apparently they lose the legal use of their names because of the whole Bloodbend and Chronic. And that they accidentally signed off their names to intellectual, well, so-called intellectual property, so they couldn't use Jane Sack Bob. And that's, that's the whole mission of trying to stop it, the Rebel Family, because they wanted the intellectual rights of their names back. But, it, like, Kevin does a good job of, like, doing callbacks to his old films, but pretty much putting his humor where he's basically commenting on what's going on. 
Like, it's its own, like, comedic humor, but it's, like, his own social commentary on what's happening in the industry. When it comes to the film industry and everything. And he likes to make fun of his own work. So, kind of like, you know, he plays the dual roles of Simon Bob and, of course, on the balance version of himself. But he does, like, he has these, like, a lot of these cameos from Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, which was, to me, was, like, the biggest one because it's, like, these guys haven't talked for years ever since Jersey Girl. People keep forgetting about Jersey Girl. That was, like, the last collaboration they, they both did. And they didn't talk for years, and it's, like, and I, you know, listen to Kessler on his podcast. Over the years, he talked about that film in his podcast and when he was doing the game, the things together for the repo. Because, remember, it was a crowd-funded, like, film where he got some bond films to, to help with the distribution with help with financing and having the fans come out and help out and you know help out with the film and you know reach out to Ben Affleck after years of not talking to each other mm-hmm. and even put fun at that as well like even Ben Affleck has some jokes too when he pokes fun at his roles as well and they bring back characters he haven't seen in a long time and it was kind of cool a lot of callbacks to like the old shit and you know, and like I said, he, he it was pretty much like a film like he wanted. Same time as something he wanted to work on to the point like it's like he said in his um in his panels like it's like playing with action figures. You want to play with your old shit. It's like going back and playing with your old shit, playing with your old action figures to bring back that that the nostalgia. And that's why you, it, back to the panel talking about the toy, Twilight the Mall Rats. So it's like going back to the Mall Rats. So right now that's something he hopefully once you know everything you know <coughs> sorry once everything pretty much you know gets back he that's something he wants to come back and you know he already talked to a few people that are really open to come back for and I think too same thing he wants to go back to clerk he wants to do a clerk's three like try to finish that off as well like you said going back and playing with your action figures like same thing when you play with all action figures going back and playing the old shit you know. Have fun with it, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the reason why he did James Hop Rob reboot. It's pretty much a saying just to show how a reboot should have been done, basically. If done the right way. Versus right now, what studios are doing now with reboots and stuff. Oh, you do a few minor tweaks, but at the same time, it's like you try to get that nostalgia feeling. Overall, I enjoyed James Bond Bobby. Definitely check it out. It's on Amazon Prime, but definitely check it out. It's really good. I mean, like I said, the like other things, like I said, it's, like I said, there's callbacks to like the old James Bond Strikes Back, but they bring back some characters and, like I said, some candles who were on that film itself. But, like you said, it's like, going, like I said, going back and playing with the old action figures. Going back to the old shit, basically. Mm-hmm. And one thing I saw, like, you know, nothing about the Comic-Cons, like, these, like I said, going back to the convent, like, this Comic-Con home. I'm trying to think what I didn't see much of the past. But the website itself was not bad. I mean, it had the schedule, like, like in the old convention. It just misses the whole, you know, interact, interaction. And it kind of sucked. I missed out on the total figures. <laughs> when I go back into the game, like, I missed it out. Uh, but hopefully, I mean, this has got to be the way to go for right now. I mean, see, like I said, this year pretty much it's like a forget a forgetful year. Just look forward to next year. Like I said, hopefully by next year the cases go down and they'll be able to open up and we will slowly try to go back to normalcy. We'll see how that goes. 
It just this year it just became more like adapting. But like I said, what I do say that we have technology, we're able to do this. We're able to find a way to show something at home, you know? People that sit there at home, so. Obviously, overall, Comic Con International, they tried. I would give it kind of a C plus for effort <laughs> on their end. C plus, I'm being generous, you know? I'm being generous. Uh, you know, I'd give them a C plus. They tried. <laughs> like, I kind of like the whole access to everything, access to vendors and all that stuff. That was one thing I could give for pros. Scheduling, that was another pro. The site was so easy to find everything that was a pro. The only cons I found was lack of fan interactivity and, you know, lack of, you know, content. I think with, like, a lot, like with the lack of content, I'm meaning not the big um, studios did any big panels. So there's very few panels that wasn't years past. And I think it was just more trying to reach out to people to do it. Or studios didn't want to do it. Same thing, too. I would say that, and of course, you know, missing out on exclusives is a big negative, especially when it comes to, like, getting certain exclusives which are tied to certain retailers. Mm-hmm. was another negative on my end that, you know, it's kind of hard to do that. But like I said, i give it a C+. Um, just for effort-wise. What would you, what would you give me, Go. No, I, I didn't... I, I know you probably didn't... Even though they were having a thing, but I, I like I said before, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I give them a a, a, a C for effort, but it's just kind of like what's. I know you have to reach for relevancy, but it's just not the way. This isn't stuff like this isn't something that you should do online. It should be more coordinated. Uh, but they did the best they could with what they had, albeit. Announcing things that may happen or are still in the works, or even if they had to be delayed, it's nice to see what's going to be coming out soon. So, getting an update on that is always nice. It's 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 fresh. Um, as far as information goes, it's nice to get that updated. But they could have just easily maybe have reduced the size of this thing, or they could have had it for expansive. A more expansive weekend if they wanted to or just have done I don't know I just don't they could have just maybe they could have just waited till next year it probably would have been better until next year because then they, maybe they wouldn't have to sacrifice um, having to put something out now as opposed to waiting till everything can kind of be put to a level to where they feel like they could provide a standard product or a standard you know, a successful experience for the people going to this because people spend tons of money going to this event and it's three days and it's kind of like it's a slap in the face when it gets reduced to a at-home stream it's just like okay this is cool like I wouldn't I wouldn't unless it's an artist that you want to support their 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 products or their music or their art or their painting whatever I would say yes but we're talking about keynote speeches and panels, and it's just I don't see where the the money would be worth spending on at home streaming. And and I have to get out to like the the I'll say the only thing I do want to add is at least the celebrities are willing to do it. They came. Out, I mean, they came out to like Keanu sure, Man. I didn't know there was a Constantine anniversary panel and 
I think somebody put a line of Keanu's reaction to, I guess, one of the, I don't know if it was the director of the film. He actually had the prop gun of uh, Constantine's prop gun from the film. And Keanu just, like, lit up. Like, he got it like a kid again. He got, like, so shocked that he had it and stuff. Even Keanu, like, like I said, these actors were willing to take the time to come out to these panels. It was really cool. They were, like, that's what it was, too, was they were able to come out of their time to make a Zoom call and join in on the... Uh, on the fun itself, but like you said, it kind of um, overall with presentations is like watching lectures. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're just paying for lectures, just more lectures. It's just strange, dude. I don't know. I find it strange, but I I get it at the same time. But it's just weird to me. It's just not something I'd want to spend my money on, considering that that type of product from what it came to. I know it's a very up and down year, but. That's why you just still compromise, and you just you're better off not doing something like this, or or maybe this is like a YouTube video or something they could have done, like all uh, from like their their own social media handle, like oh we're gonna be streaming the producer of uh, the Walking Dead season eleven, and and you know and, and Robert Kirkman are gonna answer your questions on where we're gonna take the show for the season. That's like a that's a that's a live stream, three o'clock four o'clock. That's a live stream right there. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, that so way. like yeah, so the only people that lose lose on there are ones who don't really care much about where the Walking Dead's headed. <laughs> like, why you know those are those are those that's how those things work, and that's where I feel like that would have worked better, as opposed to you know. Let's let's like, do a whole like weekend yeah. catered around it. Like what? No, it's a little too much. Mm-hmm. Like we've already had enough of. Uh, it's just not you know. It's not recognizing, especially these days. Like people can take their attention anywhere. So it's just it's very scary. I don't know. But I I, I feel like. Comic-Con should have been something that gets sacrificed like this. It just should have been taken like this. They could have definitely treated it a little better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, it sucks that we're going to get a lot of, at least in, in, in my bias, a lot of the Marvel shit getting postponed. Um, always, always is annoying, and you never want to see that happen, but... What's good is that Marvel's not going to rush into some stupid shit. <laughs> like, I'd rather have them not do that in hindsight. So it's, maybe it is better off. Um, but I say, do you, even with this happening, do you think they're going to do another one next year? I mean, they're going to have to, but if we have to say the virus tends to delay even more, do you think they're going to... Would they still relegate themselves into doing another stream from home? Well, I know one thing I saw, like, even WWE, too, they're, like, looking at possibly moving to WrestleMania. The last year, next year was supposed to be in L.A., that you see in their building. Mm-hmm. Monitor, like, talks to possibly looking for another venue. It's like, it. I mean, it's, you know, we'll see how it goes. Now, like I said, um, CES announced next year, they're... They're the only one so far to announce that their their next trade show is going to be digital. So, if that's the route that's going to be moving forward, I mean that's something we're going to have to get used to. It's just being an all digital event, less fan interaction. But like I said, 
I think if they were done was, they could have looked at how Twitch does it where they had that live interactivity. They could have just done live, do a Zoom call live on Twitch and just have, that way they can have someone monitoring the chat. Because I think that kind of hurt, you know, kind of kind of home was not having, like I said, not having that fan interaction, not having somebody monitoring and asking, like getting questions from the people watching. If it was like live streamed, it would have been a difference. It could have been live streamed and then they could have had like a chat. Because I mean, you can live stream on YouTube and get like those live chats. I mean, I wish they would have had something like that where they'll have someone monitoring and say, hey, we got a question from this user. We have a question from this user for this person, you know. I think that, that took away the whole mystique of the convention itself. Is like going to those panels. And, oh, yeah, that's true. And being able to ask questions and gain that answer from someone that you really admire. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to do any Q&A panels. And that's very important. That's an important part of the experience is that, like, you're able to kind of... And see, um, that's what kind of hurt this year yeah. was not having that. That's why I gave it a C plus was because of that. Just having the lack of fan interaction because, yeah, you can have these panels, but at the same time, they're more like glorified presentations. Like, But the problem is we're not having that, you know, interactivity, not having a Q&A kind of hurt it a little bit. Basic. I mean, I bet you they were. They why were wanting to have a Q and A, but just the way it was set up. I think that kind of kind of missed it. And say, so, yeah, you can watch somebody on Twitch, but at least you can interact with them on Twitch and say, hey, you have a question. They can they usually answer back. It's kind of like that's what kind of kind of missed out on that. It's just not having that fan interactive. Yeah. It's like yeah, you can watch this panel. At the same time, you're not being able to ask a question. Kind of hurts it too. But at the same time, it's like, that's why people go to podcasting as well. And was, yeah, in podcasting, you can have somebody talk on a podcast. You can ask those questions when it comes to podcasting. You can ask questions. But that's what, to me, that kind of like, what, what kind of hurt the whole comic kind of home was not having, like I said, not having a Q&A. Not having an opportunity to ask the questions that you wanted to ask. Yeah, it was cool. You saw the Walking Dead presentation. Then you saw the Constantine anniversary panel or... I saw they have a Turtles 30th anniversary film panel, or like I said, Bill and Tiffany's music panel, even with Kevin Smith. It was like, it was cool having those panels, but at the same time, it was kind of hurts on having a and a And of course, probably, and it kind of hurts too not having cosplay competitions, because people, you know, the whole thing too, a convention was having cosplay, they'll have these contests. It kind of hurt the people who are like professional cosplayers. They were not given it up. They couldn't not... I wish they would have had a hosted, like, a virtual competition. Like, yeah, they'll be from home, but at least they'll be able to show off their, you know, their works. But I saw they didn't even have anything. Not even, like, a competition, you know. I think Funimation... When Funimation did the whole virtual convention, at least they had, like, a competition and stuff. And I think they did have interactivity as well. I think they did, like, a lot of Q&A and stuff. So I think that's kind of what kind of hurt Comic Con International was not having you know any activity with the people at all. And that's why you said people like the, the views weren't as strong. I think that was one of the things. The biggest takeaway was not having that fan interactivity. So, um, do you have anything else to add before we wrap up for this week? Um, no, just try to. I would say not. Not to get discouraged by conventions, and this is just an example of the type of year that we're going to be dealing with when it comes to 
these uh, major companies trying to pick up the ball and trying to remain creative when they haven't been creative in years and they thought that the same old thing was going to work. So this is any proof that uh, we where creativity is going to have to come out of the woodwork, this is one. And uh, hopefully uh, you find interest in other areas that just don't revolve around one thing that you were into. Try to expand your horizon into different things. It could be a new video game, or it could be, I don't know, a new band, it could be a new book. Uh, so just try to get into different types of things. That's what I would say. Try not to get too much wrapped up on the Comic-Con shit. It'll get better, it'll get, what is it, what does it say? It's, it gets worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. Type of shit. Yeah, it's like, I feel like that's how it's going to be for a lot of these, a lot of these companies are going to still try to do their events. So let's hope New York Comic-Con doesn't get... The same fate. <laughs> Alright guys, um, that will do it for this week of Talking Pop. Make sure to check out a backlog of episodes on Anchor, Google, Apple, and also on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Um, thank you so much for joining us this week. Hopefully next week will be a little bit better as as we get through these tough times. You know, As long as there's stuff going on in pop culture, we'll be there to report it or give an opinion on like I said, if you have if you want to support us, join us on our Patreon. You can shop at our merch store on Teespring. You can support us on Twitter. Or even you can support us on Anchor itself. If you go to anchor.fm slash talk-pop, you can actually support the podcaster there as well. Like I said, we want to take a big shout-out to our listeners in the U.S., Ireland, Germany, and India. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We've been doing this for three – it's going to be three years this coming September – um, hopefully we'll have more topics uh, that come down down the line right now we're just doing like basic new stuff right now so if you see something that you want us to talk about talk about and pretty much give our opinions on don't forget to tweet us at pop talking on twitter or go to our facebook page and like I said support our patreon you can start as little as two dollars a month guys two bucks two bucks a month you can be known as a talk pop helper you can support our podcast like I said that money will be good and could use to expand our episodes and probably go back to doing video right now we're trying to look for a video platform that will be easier for us to stream and hopefully um, we'll get back to video streaming as well but for the meantime make sure to keep listening um, and that's pretty much it for you guys have a good rest of your week um, stay safe clean your hands wear a mask if you're going outside As always, geek on and take care.